Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled Moving Forward with the Management of Unresectable Hepatocellular Carcinoma, Evaluating the Impact of Emerging First-Line Dual Immunotherapy Combination Regimens. To access the full program and supporting materials, please visit the activity URL in the episode description. This activity is supported by an educational grant from AstraZeneca. Welcome, everybody. My name is Peter Galle. I'm a hepatologist from Mainz University Medical Center and have dedicated most of my clinical but also scientific life to the management of hepatocellular carcinoma. We are in exciting times as these days immunotherapies are taking over and our therapeutic armamentarium has dramatically changed. Recommendations by ESL, for example, today are clear. Standard of care is the treatment with atezolizumab and bevacizumab in unresectable HCC and only in those patients where there are contraindications against this combination. The old standard of care, which used to be surafenib and later lenvatinib, may be used. These recommendations are basically taken over by worldwide other guidelines and they reflect the development which we have seen over the years. It started historically in 2008. The SHARP trial defined surafenib as superior over placebo. That stimulated a wave of treatment trials. And unfortunately, for the next 10 years, these treatment trials basically failed. But then 2018, lenvatinib was defined as being non-inferior to surafenib and added another option to first-line treatment. And the most recent difference was indeed the superiority of atezolizumab, bevacizumab versus surafenib. And this was remarkable, not only because all the other trials prior to Imprave 150, atezobeva, have failed, but also because of the difference observed in median overall survival, which was almost six months in favor of atezolizumab and bevacizumab. So in summary, exciting times, therapeutic intervention on the basis of systemic therapy is reality in 2022. The standard of care is atezolizumab and bevacizumab, and we still have zorafenib and lenvatinib if this is not possible. In the next session, we will discuss the biological rationale of immunotherapeutic intervention in HCC, and particularly also of dual immune therapeutic intervention based on the knowledge we have in the pathophysiology of hepatocellular carcinoma. We have learned in the past that TKIs are an option that was later replaced by the combination of atezolizumab and bevacizumab. What are the options with respect to therapeutic targets? One is the tumor cell. And here we have a relatively good understanding of driving forces of pathways, such as the ras ruff mcurk pathway, driving, for example, but not only, proliferation of tumor cells. But beyond the tumor, it's actually very interesting to concentrate on the tumor microenvironment. This includes vessels and 
These are feeding sources for the tumor, but they are actually doing much more. They are also of immune modulatory competence. And of course, in the tumor microenvironment, we do have immune cells and their competence is contributing to success or failure of therapy. In that setting, it's a rich situation for combinational options. And that has been done in the past. For example, combine anti-angiogenesis, bevacizumab, and immune checkpoint inhibition, and that is atezolizumab. And of course, looking to the future and respect to available trials, dual checkpoint inhibition is an option. We know that in the initial priming phase in the lymph node, CTLA-4 is a checkpoint of relevance. Later in the tumor or in the inflamed tissue, PD-1, PD-1 ligand interaction is playing a role. And why not combining two checkpoint inhibitors? And this is actually ongoing, has been presented as the Himalaya trial. And then there is a large set of clinical trials not just in combinations, but mostly combinations, which we will expect in the near future. Checkmate 90W, another dual checkpoint inhibition, but also other trials. So in summary, combinations are key. They are just much better than monotherapy. They are typically having a backbone of one checkpoint inhibitor. And in the future, we will see probably more pure immune oncological interventions. In the next session, we will indeed cover the details of the Himalaya trial on dual checkpoint inhibition. In this section, we will concentrate on the potential clinical role for dual immunotherapy for the treatment of unresectable hepatocellular carcinoma. The Himalaya trial was assessing, very interestingly, just a single dose of trebilimumab a high dose, but single dose to spare toxicity, followed by continuous dosing of durvalumab. And it was very nice to see in a very mature trial, as it has been recently presented, that there is starting around month six, a clear separation of the kaplan meier curves. And if we look at the end of the curve, there is a very strong maintenance of this separation. Apparently, a fraction of these patients are benefiting for a very long-term run. So this stride regime, the single trembolimumab followed by continuous durvalumab, is very active. It's interesting to see that there is another trial with a similar concept combining ipilimumab and nivolumab, the Checkmate 90W. And here we don't have first-line data presently available, but from second line, we know that this is an active combination. And the three arms had been investigated in the past with different dosings. One arm A is followed into the future. And the difference to Himalaya is that here, the checkpoint CTLA-4 inhibitor is given not just once, but four times. Other combinations have also been investigated less successfully, unfortunately. Cosmic 312, atezolizumab, and carbozantinib. Not any difference in overall survival, a benefit in progression-free survival. We have learned that the combination of pembrolizumab and lenvatinib, although resulting in very long overall survival, did not show a difference statistically to the monoarm with lenvatinib. So in summary, a lot going on in combinations. Interesting new combinations on IO plus IO. Himalaya trial 
clearly positive result with an improved overall survival, probably resulting in approval of this combination in the next couple of months. What is actually very relevant is the safety profile of these new combinations, which will be covered by the next session. In this section, I'm going to concentrate on the safety profile and the tolerability of immune oncological intervention in hepatocellular carcinoma patients. And this is of utmost importance. And the reason here is the liver patient, not just suffering from a tumor, but also in most cases from liver cirrhosis, then tyrosine kinase inhibitions, they're supposedly well tolerated, but patients have been suffering because they have a sick liver. So safety and tolerability plays a tremendous role. And when we talk about Himalaya, the grade three and four events, you realize that they are mostly single-digit numbers. So it is making a difference compared to what we saw in the past in our outpatient clinics. These patients are not sick. They are feeling well. What do we see? We see diarrhea. We see also to some extent, transaminitis is not really hepatitis. They have elevated transaminitis with clinic. There are sometimes lipase elevation, but for the most part, it's simple. It is a therapeutic intervention, which is well tolerated. And if we take Nivo Ipi, this is just coming from a smaller data set and from second line treatment. But nevertheless, here it's a similar situation. There is some hepatitis, there is some diarrhea, some skin reactions also. But for the average patients, a situation which can be handled. And by a drug break and intervention with corticosteroids, we should not neglect pneumonitis, pericarditis. Yes, they exist, but they exist at a low level. If we put these data into context and compare with the approved standard of care, bevacizumab, atezolizumab, in this combination was a slightly different profile because the antiangiogenic compound bevacizumab was adding more hypertension and more proteinuria, but otherwise it was similar. And in that setting, we have published data on quality of life and they are much in favor compared to serafinib. So in summary, very clear immune oncological intervention, in particular in the frail liver patient, is well tolerated and has stimulated an urge in this direction and has increased the quality of life of our patients. In the next session, we will talk about the sequence of therapeutic interventions as we are having more options in 2022. Having more therapeutic options, you have to ask yourself, how do I choose wisely? At present, we only have atezolizumab and bevacizumab as standard of care the preferred choice. As soon as dovalumab and tremolimumab will be approved, this will be the other option in first line, and it will be clinical practice in the end telling us differences between the two regimens. However, it depends also on patient selection. I think they both get their place and will play a role, and the future will tell. In the end, it's absolutely needed biomarkers in order to have a solid way to predict outcome of therapeutic intervention. But there will be a lot of data generated in the near future, which will help us in this regard. And then what do we do next? We don't have the data really to give clear-cut guidance 
it's naturally an option to switch from immune therapy to TKIs, and that can be sorafenib and lenvatinib. But you may also just use any available TKI, depending on approval, availability, and costs. The choice you make is basically open and more dependent on availability than on rationale on evidence. Overall, and for the benefit of our patients, we are in a much more comfortable situation compared to 15 years ago. And we already see that this is translating into clinical practice. Now we do see that even in intermediate stage, particularly in those patients with higher disease burden, systemic therapy is increasingly playing a role and replacing taste. And this acceptance is basically coming from the fact that this therapeutic intervention with immunotherapy is well tolerated. As patients may get started earlier with treatment options and curative intent, it's very relevant not to come down to a situation where the patient is unfit for systemic therapy. Switch early if needed. If there is advanced stage disease, get started with systemic therapy. Don't mess around with local regional therapy because systemic therapy is helpful. I thank you at this point for your attention. Thank you for listening. Please visit the activity URL in the episode description to view all program materials, complete the post-test, and get a certificate.